come my dog don't bark when you come around I still don't like it, I don't dig it one damn bit Where you and my dog so tight, something don't fit Now I slip through the alley, I call my dog Say get up off your rusty dusty Move a little faster to your old master Your Caillou you He took one look at me, he growled and he ran straight to you Now somebody's been confusing my poor hound And I wanna know what's going down How come my dog don't bark when you come around? Call up Jacoby and Myers And you can take the fifth amendment, that is You better stand up for your rights Cause you might not be standing too long I'm gonna stop all this confusion I'm gonna fire that hound Shoot that dog down Then I'm gonna get busy mutilating Strangling, operating And cremating my old lady Down at the cremation station Then I'm gonna torch that too And come right on after you And you can give your heart and soul to charity And all the rest gonna be long to me I'm going straight down to that barber supply shop Get me a pearl hand, double-edged, hollow ground Super blue blade, adjustable, stainless steel Honed edge, both blades on the same side So when I cut you once, you gon' bleed twice Going and coming And if you don't believe me, shake your head It'll be singing, I ain't got nobody But one night I did a little FBI 007 type investigating You and my old lady thought I was gone, but I wasn't gone That's why I had to separate you from your crown And the only sound you gon' hear When you six feet in the ground How come my dog didn't bark when you came around? Thank you.
listening to listener-supported community radio. We are WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. Lisa Saholka, I am here until 4 doing afternoon jazz. I am delighted to be with you this afternoon. 
Uh, we're doing afternoon jazz and also a tribute to rescue dogs, those that have been rescued and those that are waiting in a shelter, possibly for you, to rescue them. In addition to having a great jazz lineup today, I am also very, very pleased to share with you readings that have been done by our fellow WPKN programmers, Harry Minot, Ina Chadwick, and Benny Klein. They'll be doing readings that, as you may have already guessed, are about dogs. You heard in that set, Jack McDuff walking the dog, and then Art Blakey walking my cat named Dog. Then Etta James with Watch Dog, Big Mama Thornton with Hound Dog, and Dr. John, how come your dog don't bark when I come around? And Lou Donaldson ended us up with Hot Dog. All caught up here at your radio station, listener-supported community radio, WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Johnny Hodges is coming up next with Wild Bill Davis. You're about to hear Spotted Dog. Oh, oh, oh. 
Johnson lost her jockey league. There has been much excitement and more to be. You can hear her morning, night, and morn. Yes, I wonder where my easy rider's gone. Now cablegrams come of sympathy, telegrams go of inquiry, letters come from Alabama and everywhere that Uncle Sam has even a rural delivery. All day the phone rings, but it's not for me. And at last, good tidings fill our hearts with glee. And this message comes all the way from Tennessee. It's what it said. Dear Sue, you're easy rider. Struck this bird today on a southbound rattler. A side door Pullman car. Yeah, see him here. And he was on the hall. I said, easy riders gotta stay away. So he had to vamp it, but the hiking fall. He's gone where the southern cross to yellow dark.
I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. Yeah, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. When you're dead and in your grave, no more women will you crave. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. I trust you in my home, you rascal, you. I trust you in my home, you dirty dog. Wash your clothes, you rascal you. You ask my wife to wash your damn dirty clothes, you rascal you. Oh, you ask my wife to wash your clothes and something else, I suppose. Oh, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal you. Yeah, you ask my wife for a meal, you rascal you. Hey, I invite you to my house for a meal, you dirty dog. You rascal, you. And it ain't no use to run, you rascal, you. No, it ain't no use to run, you rascal, you. Oh, it ain't no use to run. I done bought me a Gatlin gun. And you think you're gonna be having some fun? I don't think so, baby. You rascal, you. Soaking wet. 
a nervous wreck. I feel so blue, same smile, sweet, sweet is
when he comes on over here and does his tricks, he made me yawn down. But he's I want to be your salty dog Well, little fish, big fish Swim in the water Come back, man, give my quarter Baby, let me be your salty dog Oh, baby, let me be your salty dog Don't want to be your man at all, baby I want to be your salty dog Salty dog Salty dog Salty dog Baby, I want to be your salty dog I says one, two, three, four, five, six Please don't leave me in this mix, baby I want to be your salty dog Oh, baby, let me be your salty dog Your man at all, baby. I wanna be your salty dog. I said, little fish, big fish swimming in the water. I says, come back, man, get my quarter, baby. I wanna be your salty dog. Oh, baby, let me be your salty dog. Don't wanna be your man at all, baby. I wanna be your salty dog. I want to be your salty dog That's two girls Prayed in the sand Yeah I want to be your salty dog Oh baby let me be your Baby Let me be your salty dog She was so unused to being out in the world that she could not differentiate between the swollen river lapping the towpath and a mere puddle. She rushed into it and immediately sank. I hastened to her rescue, but I could scarcely help laughing at the sight of her when I heaved her out. She was less amused than I. This unexpected immersion had one useful consequence, however. The coal dust from the yard in which she had been confined by her former owners was washed clean away.
And so it was that this beautiful creature came into my life and transformed it. By the end of that eventful first day, she too had undergone a metamorphosis, from beggar maid to princess. And it was I, the somewhat shabby hero of my own storybook, who had rescued her and won her heart. You're listening to listener-supported community radio. We are WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. You heard in that set, Johnny Hodges, a long-time Duke Ellington collaborator, and he's there with Wild Bill Davis, and we heard the tune Spotted Dog, and then Louis Armstrong with the tune Yellow Dog Blues, and then... Duke Ellington, of course, with Coleman Hawkins doing You Dirty Dog, and Loudon Rainwright. He has a new album out, and he's here with I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You, and then James P. Johnson, a very early and very important contributor to jazz piano, James P. Johnson with Doggone Blues, and then Catherine Russell, he may be your dog, but he's wearing my collar. And we ended up with Mississippi John Hurt with Salty Dog. And we are all caught up here at Afternoon Jazz. You're listening to WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. Lisa Saholka. I'm here every Tuesday, 1 to 4. As you know, I am delighted to be with you doing Afternoon Jazz. Now, next up, as I mentioned, we are celebrating rescue dogs. This is Harry Minot reading Mary Oliver's poem, Next, a poem by Mary Oliver titled, First Time Percy Came Back. The first time Percy came back, he was not sailing on a cloud. He was loping along the sand, as though he had come a great way. Percy, I cried out, and reached to him. Those white curls, but he was unreachable. As music is present, yet you can't touch it. Yes, it's all different, he said. You're going to be very surprised. But I wasn't thinking of that. I only wanted to hold him. Listen, he said, I miss that too. And now you'll be telling stories of my coming back. And they won't be false, and they won't be true, but they'll be real. And then, as he used to, he said, let's go. And we walked down the beach together. And that poem came from Mary Oliver's collection from Dog Songs.
Rene and Georgette Magritte with their dog after the war return to their hotel suite and they unlock the door easily losing their evening clothes they dance by the light of the moon to the penguins the moon glows the orioles and the five satins The deep forbidden music they'd been longing for Renee and Georgette Magritte with their dog after the war Renee and Georgette Magritte with their dog after the war We're strolling down Christopher Street stopped in a men's store With all of the mannequins dressed in the style that brought tears to their immigrant eyes Just like the penguins The moon glows The Orioles The five satins The easy stream of laughter floating through the air Renee and Georgette Magritte with their dog at Prenagel Side by side they fell asleep Decades gliding by like Indians Time is cheap When they wake up They will find All their personal belongings Have intertwined cabinet cold of their hearts the penguins the moon glows the orioles and five satins for now and ever after As it was before Rene and Georgette Magritte With their dog After the war Ooh. 
one poem from my new book, Dog Songs, and it's called Little Dog's Rhapsody in the Night. He puts his cheek against mine and makes small expressive sounds. And when I'm awake or awake enough, he turns upside down, his four paws in the air, and his eyes dark and fervent. Tell me you love me, he says. Tell me again. Could there be a sweeter arrangement over and over? He gets to ask. I get to tell. Thank you.
There was one mongrel in my district to whom Tulip was so devoted that it was quite a romance. He was a very small and rather wooden terrier with a mean little face, and I had only to pronounce his name, which was Watney, for her to prick up her ears and lead me excitedly to the public house in which he lived. The publican would let the little dog out, and Tulip would greet him with all her prettiest demonstrations of pleasure. Every now and then she would place a paw on his back, as though to hold him still for contemplation. What she saw or smelt in this dreary little dog, I never could understand. During her heats, he practically lived on our doorsteps, and, and when she appeared, clung like a barnacle to one of her hind legs, while she patiently stood and allowed him to do with her as he would and could or could not. But when, in the long intervals between, she visited him in his pub, he never found for her more than a moment to spare. Having ascertained with a sniff that there was nothing doing, he would retire stiffly to his duties behind the bar. Never mind, Tulip, dear, I would say. It's the way of the world, I fear. The nicest thing for her, therefore, it seemed to me, would be to find her an Alsatian Watney. You're listening to listener-supported community radio. We are WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. Lisa Sahulka with you until 4. And we're doing afternoon jazz and celebrating rescue dogs. Those that have been rescued and those that are yet to be rescued. We heard in that set Harry Minot. Thank you, Harry, so much for reading Mary Oliver's poem, The First Time Percy Came Back. We also heard in that set Martha, My Dear. This is the Paul McCartney tune as interpreted by the jazz musician Brad Meldow. And we had Bill Frizzell. This from his album, Good Dog, Happy Man. And Renee and Georgette Magritte with her dog, after the war. The Paul Simon composition, he's there with Jack DeJeanette. And uh, this is an album where he reinterpreted his music with jazz artists. And he had Wynton Marcellus there and Jack DeJeanette and folks like that. And Joshua Redman between Wolf and Dog. And then Brad Meldow again with the Cat Stevens composition, I Love My Dog. We're all caught up here. This is your radio station. We are listener-supported radio. WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Lisa Saholka, I'm here every Tuesday, 1 to 4, keeping the jazz light going. And we're about to hear Fred Hirsch doing an original composition, Black Dog Pays a Visit. This is longtime WPKN programmer with the golden voice, Benny Klein, reading selected poems. I asked Percy how I should live my life by Mary Oliver Love, 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 says Percy. And hurry along as fast as you can along the shining beach or the rubble or the dust. Then go to sleep. Give up your body heat, your beating heart. Then trust. I'm going to read some poems from the collection Unleashed. Poems by Writer's Dogs. This is edited by Amy Hempel and Jim Shepard. And again, they are written by the dogs. This is written by Sally, who belongs to Cynthia Heimel. 
I am big. I am gigantic. Look at me way up here, perched on the back of the sofa, wearing my invisible tiara, a huge bat-eared 10-pound monarch papillon, head right next to my human. My human and I are a celestial duo, commitment clinched on our first night. My wet little three-month puppy nose pressed to her neck, we became one. She loves me best in the whole world. Better than big black doc, he protects us, thinks he's big, ha. Better than sofa boy Homer with his harried snooty collar. Oh, oh, please spare me. Better than Mike and Digby, the kissy thugs who scrabble at her face so unseemly, so lacking in my perfect regal dignity. Okay, so I eat poop sometimes, but delicately with panache. Better than that pretender, that backyard bred Josie with her submissive wiggle. Who's she kidding? Josie pushes me off my pillow at night. Josie must die. My human is mine, for I am descended from Marie Antoinette's Mimi. This poem is written by a dog named Tasha, and it's called Dog Kibble, a Villanelle, submitted by the companion Charles Baxter. Life is never meaningless. There is always food. All day, I sit upon the stairs, nose between the bars, and consider kibble. Its smell, its taste, its mood. And I am happy. We walk back to the woods after lunch, me and the humans, and under leaves there are so many dark, crunchy things to eat that I should not eat, but I eat anyway. They're so good. Even when they make me sick at home or in the car, I like them. I like to eat. I brood about the taste of kibble hours before it's chewed. They keep my meals in the kitchen in a plastic jar. Don't put me on your couch, please, Dr. Freud. I'm sweet, and I'm simple, and I'm good. When I'm sad or sick, not up to par, I sleep downstairs, curled near the toilet. I'm not crude. I've known shame and joy, and I have viewed delicious sights. I don't wander. I don't go far. Life isn't meaningless because there's food. Consider kibble. Its smell its taste, its mood. So the collection I've been reading from, Unleashed, Poems by Writer's Dogs, edited by Amy Hempel and Jim Shepard, has a section of poems submitted by Rescue Dogs. And this is from Julio, a retired greyhound, 11 years old. Leaning into you now, my dark head seeking your hand, your legs stumbling back from the force of me. I could almost forget that other time, the deep men's voices I shudder at even now, the raised hands I still fear 
almost, not quite. No, if I lost that era, my very healed bones would dream it. The way those scars around your eyes speak their own perpetual history. The size and depth of a dog's mouth, the tearing great fear of a child. We will never outrace these, our grief and our knowledge. But here, in this wide expanse of yard, the dragonflies scooping down around us, we can lean in and perceive ourselves, you and I, the astonishing exceptions among our kinds.
Thank you. 
You're listening to listener-supported community radio. We are WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. Lisa Saholka, I am here until 4 doing afternoon jazz, and we're celebrating rescue dogs this afternoon. You heard in that set Fred Hirsch doing the original composition, Black Dog Pays a Visit. Fred Hirsch there on the piano. And Miles Davis and his beautiful trumpet work on the tune, Drad Dog. And then Art Pepper, Bijou the Poodle and Eddie Lockjaw Davis with Jim Dog. And now we're all caught up again at your radio station, listener-supported radio WPKN in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I think I mentioned that in addition to our WPKN programmers reading poems, we also had some dog stories that were suggested. The following is from listener Cobb Carlson from the playwright Edward Albee on Irish Wolfhounds. I became interested in Irish wolfhounds because a friend had one. He was a painter. He invited me over to look at his canvases, and this dog came up and leaned against me. I sat down to look at a painting, and he sat down and looked with me. We moved out to his studio to look at another painting, and this big dog sat down next to me again. We went to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee, and he was still with me. He stuck to my side. He had this big head, and wherever I sat, he put his head on my knee and looked up at me with his big, dark eyes. We became very good friends. He was the dog who introduced me to Irish wolfhounds. They are the loveliest of creatures. I decided I had to have one. I've had as many as three Irish wolfhounds at a time. The wolfhound breed is very special to me, but I like all dogs of all kinds. Back when the Romans first came to Ireland, they took some of the early Irish wolfhounds back to Rome with them and paraded them around. I wanted to parade mine around in New York. I got big leather collars for them. We would go to Central Park and walk to a huge hill. The dogs and I would stand at the top. The hill sloped down before us for about 300 yards. If they saw a squirrel at the bottom of the hill, they would take off and race down it, knocking over people and bicyclists on their way. They just had to chase the squirrel. It was inconvenient for the people, but the dogs loved it. I have been deeply touched by all of them. Each one had a distinct personality with their own likes and dislikes. It was a pleasure to get to know them. I find them to be very emotional animals, very sympathetic and understanding. I know there are scientific articles that claim that dogs don't have emotions, but I'm not interested in reading such things. I know my dogs. I know they have feelings and emotions. No scientific study is going to change my mind. Thank you. 
It's him or me That's what he said But I can't choose Between a vegan and a pothead So I chose you Because you're sweet And you give me lots of loving And you eat meat And that's how you became My only man of the hour You never lie And you don't cheat And you don't have any baggage tied to your forefeet Do I deserve to be the one Who will feed you breakfast, lunch and dinner And take you to the park at dawn Will you really be my only man of the
You're listening to the best radio station for music in Connecticut per Connecticut Magazine. We are listener-supported community radio, WPKN, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, 89.5 FM. As I like to say, know you, know us. So how about becoming a sustaining donor? If you'd like to do that, you can go to the website right now and hit the Donate button, and you can create a reoccurring gift for $15 a month. We'll give you a subscription to the New York Times or the Washington Post. What a deal. We're celebrating rescue dogs this afternoon, and we heard in that set James Carter with Walking the Dog, Nor Jones with My Man of the Hour. We heard Charles Mingus with Jump Monk, and then we were all caught up. So we're going to head on now to Rye Cooter and Blind Blake. You're about to hear a tune called Police Dog. But before I head you in that direction, I just want to thank all the people that have contributed to this show. So that would include Harry Minot, Benny Klein, Ina Chadwick, all the listeners who contributed stories, and of course you, because know you know us. All my life I've been a driving man All my life I've been a driving man Staying alone and doing the best I can I ship my trunk down to Tennessee Dip my trunk down to Tennessee It's hard to tell about a man like me All my 
life I've been a traveling man All my life I've been a traveling man Staying alone and doing the best I can my trunk down to Tennessee. I ship my trunk down to Tennessee. Hard to tell about a man like me. I couldn't get her off my mind I met a gal I couldn't get her off my mind She passed me up there She didn't like my kind I'm scared to bother around her house at night. I'm scared to bother around her house at night. Got a police dog craving for a fight. His name is Ramla when he gets a chance. His name is Rambling when he gets a chance. He leaves his mark on everybody's hands. Yes, I'll travel, yes, I'll let her be. I guess I'll travel now, yes, I'll let her be.
The following is from WPKN listener Jonathan McCann. I was the founding president of the Southampton Animal Shelter and am well-versed in shelter stories about abandoned and rescued dogs. The most memorable story is about two pit bull dogs that had languished in the shelter for years without any prospects of being adopted into a forever home. Then we found a dog trainer in Georgia who specialized in training bomb-sniffing dogs for local police departments. After testing their temperaments, he trained the two orphan pits and adopted them out to two police departments. Finally, they found good homes and a new job in life. However, I would like to tell you about one of my own rescues. She is an energetic Australian cattle dog who by the age of two had been returned to the shelter twice because of aggressive behavioral problems. Therefore, she had become a dog without a future until we met. As I was walking dogs in the kennels one day, she took one look and said, this sucker will get me out of here. She was instantly engaging and adoring when I would take her for a walk. I decided to give her a home and our bond started brilliantly. She did not bite me until I told her that there were rules, but she wanted me to know that she lived by her own rules, which she aggressively enforced. One day, a friend came to visit and left the car door open. My dog ensconced herself in the driver's seat and refused to relinquish her position. Every time I reached for her collar, she bit my hand. Ultimately, I removed her from the car, but I ended in the hospital on an antibiotic drip. She and I have lived together for 10 years with the understanding that we have differences of opinion. However, we are bonded as forever companions. Came home last night about half past ten. Baby, oh my, would I let me in? So move it on over, move it on over, move it on over, move it on over. Move over, little dog, cause a big dog moving in. She changed the lock on my front door. Now my door key don't fit no more. So slide it on over, slide it on over, drag it on over. Dragging on over. Move over cold dog, cause a hot dog moving in. You wanna play one look? Mm-hmm. 
This doghouse here is mighty small, but it's better than no house at all. So move it on over, move it on over, drag it on, drag it on over. Move over, little dog, cause the big dog moving in. Remember, pup, before you whine, that size yours and this size mine. So move it on over, move it on over, move it on over, move it on over. Move over, cold dog, cause a hot dog moving in. That's how that song goes. When I was born, Mambo, a black standard bred French poodle, was there. And so he was my big brother. And later, I got two more human siblings. When I was older, my mom told me that Dad had brought Mambo home to help quell her grief over a stillborn baby. Mambo was a character and a half, a ridiculously funny animal. For one, my mom saw to it that he kept groomed proper French poodle style, ankle and tail pom-poms, head poof, flying poodle ears were a recurring theme in my child dreams. He'd do the inchworm under the living room carpet in order to retrieve a potato that my mom tossed under there. There'd be a moving lump rippling under the rug. To communicate that he wanted to come in from our small backyard, he'd press his nose against the French doors and lick the window, his flattened pink tongue making slobbery circles. Major family amusement. Paris, France was home for several years when I was a kid. We lived just outside of the city, over by Versailles. Many walks in the woods there with my dad, siblings, and dog. My little sister and I would from time to time dress our big woolly poodle brother in our clothes. A t-shirt a pair of striped tights, a tolerant creature, he seemed not to much mind. There was, however, his habit of straying from our property to explore the environs of our suburban Paris quarter. So in full get-up, off he'd go. Inevitably, my mom would get a phone call. Bonjour, madame. Votre chien est là chez moi. Il est habillé d'une façon très intéressante. My mom would get us kids and we'd go fetch Mambo. She tried to discourage us from this activity with limited success. There was also that I had a habit as a young child of referring to the various landmarks of Paris as we drive or walk along the boulevards by combining their name with Mambo's. Thus, Eiffel Tower Mambo, Arc de Triomphe Mambo, Tuileries Mambo, just a weird kid thing that I can't exactly explain. Sometimes we dance around to Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, us kids and my mom, and Mambo prancing about. Mambo had a heart attack one evening when he was 10 years old and I was 9. I clearly remember the awful yelping from downstairs. Seems our family was never quite as zany or quite as fun after Mambo died.
Richard and I found ourselves at a crossroad. It, I'd like to say it was deeply philosophical. It's called a particular crossroad by many analysts, educators, sociologists. But our crossroad came from the fact that we always had pets. I never particularly liked having pets. This is as a married couple. But my one of my daughters is a dog breeder and all sorts of things were always going on here. We had rescue dogs. Fortunately, I never had to walk them. The dog breeder daughter, they were her dogs. About 20, oh, more than 20 years ago, when Richard and I were first married, his father on an anniversary said to me, what's the definition of freedom? And he was kind of a, I don't know, a, a, a starker if you're Yiddish, a cafoni if you're Italian, but he was kind of a, a no filter, but very funny guy. I said, I don't know what the definition of freedom is. You're, you know, you got a lot of money. You're much older. And he said, it's when the kids are grown and the dog is dead. I thought to myself, how selfish can people be? Not that I was an animal lover. In fact, if you ask my children, they'll say I was an animal hater. I just didn't want to take care of them. The kids had them. This one had them. Another one had them. When all of my kids were gone, I mean, I'm not talking about empty nest. I'm talking about really gone. Weddings that we paid for, you know, way above, way above what y'all send as support if they're unemployed. Never happened to us that way. It did in certain areas, but here we are, and we're on our own. Except we have Maggie. Maggie was a rescue dog from one of the kids, and we adored her. She was, turned out to be an epileptic dog. So we could never go away, and we never resented a minute of it. We took her everywhere. If we forgot her pills, that was what not okay. We'd find a vet in town. And then all of this drama was gone. The kids were gone. The dog was dead. We did all of those travels, except for India, but you'll have to talk to Richard about that. I'm not going. All of those travels. And we came home, we went down to the beach to see if we could catch up with our, you know, like, entitled boomer friends. And we went down to the beach, Campo Beach in Westport. We thought, it's a great resource. Why do we have to travel so much? We're getting tired, too many suitcases. When we were seated at the beach, friends walked by. I'm not a beach person, so this was definitely an opportunistic thing, and I didn't know why. Several sets of friends. Oh, my, a Cocker Spaniel. Oh, St. Charles Spaniel. Uh, a Poi Poi. No, it's a Koi Koi. A Doodle, a Cocker Doodle. And these old friends all talked to one another. And Richard and I sat there like the losers at the prom. And I said to Richard... We used to all talk about our kids. Not necessarily in Cabo Beach, but that's what joined a lot of us. 
And then next stage, about their achievements. And then the next stage, my son the doctor, or, you know, my Italian kid the priest. But it was, that was our focus. And now we're here, and they don't want to talk to us because we're not grounded. We need a dog. The dog is the pimp. Richard looks at me. I laugh because I just, uh, I, I like to play fast and loose with the language. And thus begins the search for Pippa, who winds up taking over our world. I don't mean that our world has been very expansive, but since my kid said you're not an animal lover, when I started to fall in love with Pippa, my eldest said to me, did you sustain a concussion? Did you have some kind of injury to your brain? You are going on and on about a dog. Stay tuned for more stories from Ida Chadwick on going a family going to the dogs. A family going to the dogs. This is Ina Chadwick, a longtime WPKN programmer and the host of What a Story. If you'd like to hear more from Ina Chadwick, her show is on January 30th at noon. What a story, where she will continue the story you're about to hear, which is about her rescue dog, Pippa. Chinks do it, jabs do it, up in that land, little laps do it, let's do it, let's fall in love. In Spain, the best upper sets do it. Lithuanians and let's do it, let's do it, let's fall in love. The Dutch in old Amsterdam do it, not to mention the fans. Folks in Siam do it, think of Siamese twins, some Argentines without means do it. People say in Boston even beans do it. Let's do it, let's fall in Do it. Even lazy jellyfish do it. 
let's do it, let's fall in love. Electric eels, I might add, do it, though it shocks them, I know. Why ask if Shad do it? Way to bring me Shadro in shallow shores, English souls do it. Goldfish in privacy of bowls do it. Let's do it. We'll do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. 